Are you a healthcare organization struggling to achieve success? What if I told you that success not only depends on strategy, but also on the right mindset? At the Mindset Gap, their team of seasoned consultants understand the critical role mindset plays in achieving organizational excellence by empowering your workforce to think innovatively, embrace change, and adapt to new challenges. So imagine your workplace, one where your employees and patients thrive, where creativity and productivity go hand in hand, and where obstacles become opportunities. Don't let your organization fall into the mindset gap. Take the first step towards unlocking your potential today and email assist at themindsetgap.com with the referral code GENCAN20 to schedule a consultation. Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer George, and I'm joining you with a wonderful guest. Her name is Dr. Nikita Parikh, and she will be sharing with us her story, her journey, leading from her practice to her current role as a patient navigator and healthcare advocate. She is empowering patients to be autonomous in their health and well-being every day. So grab your drink of choice and join us. Welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. This is a safe space where we invite healthcare providers to unapologetically be themselves after the working day. My name is Jennifer George, and each week I will connect you with guests and stories that will help transform your stress to success and fulfillment. Are you with me? Grab your drink of choice and let's chat. how are you today? I'm good, Jennifer. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. I, uh, I had the day off of work today, so uh, I was really looking forward to recording this podcast with you. This wow, week. I am so honored that you're choosing to talk to me on your day off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny because people were asking me, like, what are you doing on your day off? And I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to record a podcast <laughs> with, <laughs> with a physician out in Waterloo, and I'm just super excited about it. And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you're kind of working. But to me, this isn't working. This is just connecting and kind of just, you know, uplifting my own energy in a way. This is No, that's just great. That's just, it, I think it's the best when the work that you do is something that you love and then it just doesn't feel like work anymore, right? Just flow into it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> what are you joining me with? What are you drinking this morning? Water, today and always, my best favorite drink. Awesome. Me too. I've been um, being, I've been more aware of my intake lately because I find I've been drinking a little more caffeine since this pandemic started. Oh, easy done. Yeah. So I'm trying to be more conscious of that. So uh, that's cool that we both are sharing a drink of water today. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more about you, Nikita. I know you're a physician, um, but tell me more about you. Tell me more about who you are. 
Um, well, um, my siblings would describe me as um, a nerd, a bit boring. Um, I'm a very simple person. I really don't need much to keep me happy. Um, and it's always the little things in life that make me very happy. Like, you know, just something nice to look at, you know, like a butterfly or a pretty flower. And that would honestly just make my day. Um, a lot of times because of what I do, I might come across as an extrovert, but in reality, I'm not. So if you're going to invite me to a big party um, with 100 people in it like every month, um, sorry, I'm not going to accept the invitation. <laughs> um, I love spending time alone um, and I have a very close-knit family and circle of friends. Uh, I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan um, and I love traveling. And um, yeah, I like cooking, um, but I like eating more. <laughs> and um, Thai food is my favorite. Awesome. So we, yeah. we have a lot of things in common there because people think I'm extroverted too, and I'm very much introverted. So when you said that, I had like this huge smile on my face. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And we take pleasure in the simple things um, and, and mindfulness around that, I guess you can say, and enjoying you know, simple company that means a lot. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's amazing. And um, you and I actually had connected on the Huddle platform and Huddle. Yes. Yeah. It's this great social uh, platform that's around healthcare and it's around wellness and it's basically yeah. a bunch of communities for various needs or interests um, in which we support each other. And we're both Huddle pros. I know I'm more on the uh, healthcare uh, workers support community and you are mm -hmm. as well and I also know you're you're also a big patient uh, navigator as well so can you tell me more about you know you, your experience with huddle and what services you specifically offer so um, I think I've been a huddler now for more than a year and um, I've come to know and learn from the people who make Huddle what it is, you know, like Mark Stolo and Adriana and like everybody that's on there, the other pros. Um, and to me, it just feels like one big family. Like even though we've never met in person, um, I surprised myself by joining the community and, you know, sharing a bond with people um, just through sharing experiences. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and I found that like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not the most forward person when it comes to technology. Um, to be honest, uh, you know, I'm not somebody who will go all out and buy the latest in technology and support things that, um, are not in person. I'm, I'm very much a people's person when it comes to my work. Yes. Um, but Huddle was a very special and beautiful surprise, and I'm glad that I joined, and uh, I love what I do on there as well. That's great, and I'm um, join too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um, what do you on do? Huddle, it's, it's mainly health advocacy services for me, and um, as a health advocate, I provide people with the information they need to make informed decisions about their health. Um, I help them navigate the healthcare system, and um, I also communicate with other healthcare professionals to make sure that my clients receive um, the best possible care. So, you know, like in a nutshell, that's what I do on on Huddle. 
Yeah, and that's great. And I mean, a lot of healthcare too now is going virtual, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're they're a bit ahead of their time that way when they started this. And Mark and Adriana are, are amazing and they're, you know, they're so full of integrity, right? And that's the way yeah. to guide the platform. And I like how you said, you know, you're a people person and the, the platform is a people platform, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's that, it gives you that kind of effect, which makes it a joy to be there. So if you guys want to check it out, you just go to www.huddle.com and it's free to join. And you can basically select the communities that interest you and find support in those communities. So tell me more about you, Nikita. Like, tell me about your journey. I understand you, you started uh, practicing in India and have traveled a bit after that and have mm-hmm. made great work to Ontario, Canada. Yeah, well, it's been a long journey. Um, I am a person who's lived in five different countries and by lived, I mean, you know, owned a house and worked and everything, not just traveling. Um, and yeah, so I was born and brought up in India. Um, I went to medical school in Russia. I got my medical license to work in Russia and then went back home to India. Then I worked in India for a bit to get my Indian medical license, you know, since I was an Indian citizen. Um, As fate would have it, I got married and I moved to England to be with my husband. I worked in England for a bit before we finally decided to emigrate to Canada. Um, I came to Canada and I got my master's degree from the University of Toronto and um, I've been here in Ontario for almost almost seven years now. Um, I've held many different positions. I've worked as a physician assistant as well. I've held a couple of teaching positions and most re- recently I've started my own healthcare consultancy called Informed. Yes, and I saw that, and I wanted to talk with you more about that. I think that's really cool how your um, how your practice has led you to this point of providing support now in a consulting space and kind of having that mass impact, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me more about your company. Tell me more about Informed. Um, so when I was working in clinics um, or even at the hospital, what I realized was that a lot of people go in um, anxious or, you know, just scared, not knowing um, what was going to happen once they went inside the doctor's office. And then a lot of times when they left after the appointment, I would look at their faces and they'd be even more anxious and confused. And I kept, you know, noticing that this was um, a very common thing. Like I was noticing it on a daily basis in a number of patients. And that's when I realized that you know, maybe people would be receptive to support from people like health advocates. And that's when I really decided to establish Informed and work as a consultant. Um, Because to be honest, um, having been on both sides of the system, so like, you know, being a healthcare provider, as well as, you know, having been a patient, um, I kind of have the opportunity to look at things from different angles at the same time. And, um, you know, I, I, I realize that a lot of times healthcare professionals tend to generalize things or use um, terminology that, you know, the 
people usually wouldn't know unless they're um, a healthcare professional themselves. And I feel like that's just, I feel like it's wrong on so many levels. Like you're making these huge, big decisions that are going to have an impact on your overall health. And if you're making decisions that you don't really understand, then I just feel like that's a lost opportunity. And that's what really got me thinking about healthcare advocacy. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and um, here I am, a health advocate. (laughs) Right, and it it really sounds like you appreciated the trust that patients had in you, right? Yeah. Like you said, it's, um, and I've always said this, is that we know how, as providers, we get how the system works. Like we, we, you know, we don't think too much about it, we just do. But for a patient who's never been in the healthcare system, right, this is their first time and it's a very overwhelming experience. So I can completely um, relate to you in a couple ways because I was a caregiver to my dad. So I saw both Mm -hmm. sides of the healthcare um, system as a patient and a provider. And I've always said that a lot of what I learned when it came to communication and connection uh, with Uh my patients was through my caregiving experiences with my dad and experiencing that side of the healthcare system. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like my way of giving back and that's, you know, and that led to me writing my book on it and things like that. But yeah, Mm -hmm. so it was almost like you, um, you kind of had like this deep empathy and understanding and concern and trust for, for your patients and realized that maybe it wasn't just the medical that would help them through, but also just the advocacy and the support. Yes. Yeah. That's wonderful. I love that. And the other thing I love about this and how you um, have pivoted into this space um, is that, you know, I think as healthcare providers too, especially early on, like we just, we go into direct care and we think that's all there is. But when we operate from an openness to humanity in general, it can Mm -hmm. lead so many different paths, right? Like you you don't necessarily have to stay in the direct care in that way if that's not what what serves you or lights you up. That's wonderful. Um, So can you tell me if at any point, I guess along the way, and I don't know if perhaps this is what led to where you're at in a way, but did you ever feel like throughout your career, there had to be more to it? Like there had to be a greater sense of fulfillment for you? Maybe you were um, experiencing burnout could you tell me about any of experiences like that? Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's been more than I remember. <laughs> or even, yeah, yeah, or, or there's more than I recognized. Um, you know, there have been quite a few instances where I was torn between duty and self-care, and that's in my mind, that too could be called burnout, right? Um, so, you know, as a healthcare professional yourself, um, I'm sure you can relate to the stressful scenarios that we deal with on an everyday basis. Um, it's not just the psychological component of sometimes hearing heartbreaking stories and journeys, but also the sheer physical energy and time that goes into every single working day. Um, you know, I, I, the one time that I can clearly remember is that when I was a medical intern, there were times when lunch breaks were merged with dinner breaks. Um, you know, there were night shifts, 
um, overtime was just more of a regular thing than an occasional thing. Um, you know, and in, in addition to the time that we put into actually practicing and learning medicine, we also had to make sure uh, we found the time to study for licensing exams and sleep was definitely a luxury. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, you know, food, um, rest, sleep, um, and then, you know, all the other sorts of pressures that you feel in life, like, you know, your commitment to your family. If you have kids, it's commitment to them. And um, I feel like as healthcare providers, we, we're in the profession because we care for others and we want to do something to give back to society. And somewhere in that process, um, it's very easy to take the focus off, your, off of yourself and just keep thinking about others and other things, right? And somewhere in, in that, I mean, that's where um, the beginning of burnout begins. That's what I think it is. Um, and at that time, uh, while I was a medical intern, um, to top it all, I was in India, right? Yep. And uh, the Indians, I believe, even today, we're a society where mental health issues are still a social stigma, right? Mm -hmm. So any kind of burnout or stress would immediately be interpreted as being weak or maybe even unfit to practice. Yeah. Um, Personally, it was hard enough being a woman in a male-dominated field, and I really didn't want to risk my career and my reputation by admitting that I was experiencing burnout and I probably needed to take time off and that I couldn't handle the stress. So at that point of time, um, to be honest, I didn't really handle the situation very well at all. I, I know I was young and I definitely had more energy than I have today, but I literally refused to accept that my body couldn't take it all. And what kept me going was probably just my pride and my willpower. So, you know, I think now looking back on those times, I feel like, oh my God, like, how did I do that? Um, there's no way... I think if that same thing was to happen to me today, I don't think I could get through it without any support. Right. Um, at that time, however, I was living with my parents and um, somehow my mom sensed it. You know, like how moms have that sixth sense when they just know that you're not okay. Yeah. Um, without any conversations like you know my mom somehow sensed it and then she started like you know packing lunches for me even though like i was like you know a full-grown adult very capable of feeding myself and looking after myself but my mom was like okay she's she's not the same she's super tired she comes back she doesn't talk she just comes home and then she's like you know in bed before you know it and i i give my mom in fact, I give all moms just so much respect because of the special ability that they possess. They just know when something's wrong with their kid. Um, and I'm so grateful that my mom understood what I was going through, even though I didn't complain. And the other reason is like, I didn't complain because I didn't want her to worry. Yeah. Right? Exactly. 
um, that was the other side of it. And, um, but I must say that another thing, yes, my family was a great um, pillar of support for me, especially my mom. But, you know, even at work, I feel like my colleagues, um, we were all going through the same thing. And essentially, we bonded over it. Um, the people I interned with are a part of my small circle of friends. And that's what made me believe that it is probably true that the ones who you're with during difficult times tend to become your special people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I honestly, I handled it in a very bad way. And um, yeah, I'm not proud of it. But I'm glad that I had my special people around me to see me through. Exactly. I was going to say, I don't know if there is a right or wrong way, right? I know it might be not what you would do today because you're more aware. Mm -hmm. of that. But I love how you shared how your mom just instinctively knew. And rather than just say, you know, what's the matter and being like kind of getting you to share it that way. She just kind of was there, right? She was present. She filled in those gaps yeah. that you needed. Uh, she, she was taking care without having to be so direct and make you talk yeah. about it if it wasn't what you wanted to do at that time. Mm -hmm. um, that's really what support is, right? It's meeting you where you're at, um, but also kind of just helping you to move forward, like you said, through it. Now, yeah. The, your small circle of colleagues, I also love how you touched on that because I agree, I think without community support and who better than healthcare providers to understand one another as to what we're going through, right? Like I feel yeah. it would be harder for me to, to chat with a friend who isn't in healthcare about it than someone who is, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so you're still, is this still your small circle today? Um, I, I have made more friends, like yeah. there are <laughs> so I figured that, <laughs> but yeah, you still keep in touch. <laughs> you know, I'm in a different country now with working with different people. But I must say that the people who I interned with, um, my my, you know, three other friends who were close to me while I was in med school, we are still in touch to this day, okay. and um, we may not meet each other physically or make phone calls, but you know, even though a lot of friends of mine are in India and we have a huge um, time difference, anytime anybody messages or calls, we make sure we answer that message. We answer that call. We are always there for each other. And um, I know that, you know, God forbid, but even if I am or, you know, in the wrong or if I'm I've done something that I'm not proud of. I am 100% sure that these people are going to support me through anything, no matter what. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's the bond and the trust that we all share. And I think you can't help but have that when you've gone through something so vulnerable together. Yeah. It just connects you for life in a way. Um, yeah, you're you literally live together. Right. <laughs> like, like you said, they've seen you at your worst. And mm -hmm. at your best, and they're there for you no matter what. And yeah. that's a very small circle. Like, I know we grow our circle a bit here and there, but you know, that I, to me, like, as you become so intentional about your energy and about, you know, preventing burnout and being mo like monitoring yourself, things like that, I feel like 
you get to know who you can trust and mm -hmm. who you can't right over time so that's yeah. amazing i love that nikita so do you think burnout is do you think burnout is inevitable I think it is an omnipresent reality. Yeah. Um, I think it's a reality for almost each and every one of us across the healthcare provider spectrum. Um, it may manifest in different forms. Like, you know, for some people it's physical or psychological or emotional. And it may present with varying degrees of intensity, but I'm pretty sure we all experience it at one point or the other in our career. Um, to me, I think the difference really lies only in how each of us deals with it. Some of us handle it better than others and some of us succumb to it. But like I said, it is for sure an omnipresent reality. Yeah, I love how you put that. I, don't, I totally think it is too. I think it is a reality. And I know there's been uh, research there that describes it as like first degree burnout, third degree burnout, first mm -hmm. is like not as bad like you said maybe it's just you know you take a weekend to yourself and you have some downtime and then on monday you're ready to go and you're okay whereas third yeah. degree is like you can't muster up the energy to literally get out of bed you're just dreading it um, and you're physically emotionally uh, depleted right um, right even irritable as well so yeah i totally agree and i think the only way to um again help providers through it and gain awareness is to talk about it because like you said we all deal with it differently and i don't think there's you know just one method that fits everybody right but the more we talk about it the more we can learn from others and maybe one mm -hmm. that worked for someone could work for someone else or not right yeah yeah so what is your advice right now like with for healthcare providers who may be experiencing burnout how do you suggest they see themselves through or manage it based on yours? I mean, over the years, what I've realized is that what matters most is it's okay to not be okay, right? Um, what I'd say to my colleagues is just please don't let your ego come in way of your mental and physical health. Just go ahead, share your feelings, seek help and support. And that's what matters most. Tell, tell, I love how that what do you mean by ego um so okay um i know okay i'm a physician and i work with lots of other physicians and you know not to generalize or even just say something about a specific speciality but sometimes many of us um they're just too proud of themselves to admit that they're going through something because in their mind, going through burnout or having a mental health issue is weakness. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, you know, don't, don't just don't give it a label. Why do you have to characterize it and label it, you know, something, as normal as burnout why do you need to call it bad or weak or something that you just don't want to recognize you know just don't put it aside because it's not going to help you in any way yeah i totally agree and i i think that burnout is the 
a big result of suppressing expression. And like you said, like, you know, we're, I think, like you said, there's this stigma a bit with healthcare providers that if we're not okay, or we think we're not okay, then how are we fit to practice and help other people? Like we should be able to fix ourselves. And so what we end up doing is we internalize and we, um, we suppress, like you said, or we judge ourselves when at this point, at this point is where we need to be more expressive and reach out. And I know that's not hard, but if you have that circle that knows you, doesn't have to be your mom, but anybody who knows you and knows that something is off and, and tries to help you through that, I think is really something that's, you know, a privilege and uh, could be a gift at that most vulnerable time in your life. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so what's your, like right now with the pandemic and COVID-19, there is a lot of anxiety and uncertainty and grief and a lot of negative emotions going on right now. Uh, mm -hmm. What are you, like, what are some words of inspiration that you can offer uh, healthcare providers or patients that you're consulting with uh, during these unprecedented times? One thing um, I always say to myself when I feel like I'm not enjoying myself through something, I just think to myself um, and say that, you know, nothing lasts forever mm -hmm. and this too shall pass. You know, anything that makes me not happy and it could be anything, you know, anything in life. I just feel like, you know what, it's just temporary you know, be optimistic and, you know, it's not going to be around forever. So, you know, just don't waste your energy and time fretting over it. Um, it's going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you said, enough, I, I think that is such a good anchoring statement is that, you know, this too shall pass. And it's true, good or bad, it will pass. Um, yeah. I think if we can let go of perfection and if we can let go of always being at our peak performance at all times, um, mm -hmm. and we have a little self-compassion around that. Um, I totally agree. I think it would make the coping part a little bit easier to manage. Um, yeah. And it's tough, right? Like I know I'm on the front lines right now. Um, I work at a hospital. It's not an acute hospital. It's a rehab hospital, but just wearing mm -hmm. the gear, the PPE, and by the end of the day, like just feeling lightheaded at times or physically just more tired than usual, just because of the, yeah. added, the added protective equipment. Right. Right. So, uh, but that is one statement and it's funny, you, not funny, but not really, <laughs> I think it's just <laughs> divine timing. I'm all about that, that you said that statement because that's exactly the statement that I've been um, saying to myself the last week or so. So uh, we're totally on the same wavelength there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Nikita, we're about to wrap up, but I would love to know, I would love to know what your unique gift is to your profession and your patients. Wow. That's, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if it's a unique gift, but I like to think that I've always strived to uphold patient autonomy. Um, and I believe that, you know, the reason why I, I always stress and do my best to promote patient autonomy is that I believe that your body is the one true thing that you own and that no one but you yourself should have the authority to make decisions about it. 
right? I mean, you need to be the one in charge of making your own decisions about your health and well-being. And it's easy to forget about it or overlook it, um, considering that, you know, there are time constraints or, you know, any number of other things that are going around um, when you're working with patients and many other healthcare professionals are involved in patient care. Um, so I think that's, that's something that I believe in and I strive to work for. Um, and I feel like I, I try to do my best and do it by being approachable and advocating for people every day. I love that. And that is definitely a gift for sure in, in the, the line of work that you are in, to be able to give patients choice and autonomy over their own health and well-being. That, that in itself is, you know, um, it's touching, right? Definitely touching people's lives and doing that. Sometimes we go to physicians and, you know, we get medical advice and as a patient and you're, um, it's, diff it's a different approach when you are asked what you want to do given an informed decision to make, right? And so just Great. being fully informing, but also supporting what patients um, feel like they need at this moment in their lives to, um, to help them or to yeah. their health and well-being. That is totally a gift. That's wonderful. Uh, tell us, where can people connect with you? Um, okay, so uh, I do have my own um, website. So that is www informed.ca um, informed as an in number four med um, i am a huddler so i'm on huddle search for my first name nikita and um, i'm on social media i'm on facebook uh, my handle is at informed.ca i'm also on linkedin and if you want to email me it's nikita.parik so n-i-k-i-t-a dot Parik, P-A-R-I-K-H, at inform.ca. Amazing. Well, I know you're super busy, Akita, and I really appreciate you being here, sharing your story and inspiring other healthcare providers to listen to their bodies, to follow their passions, and to share their gifts. No, thank you so very much for having me, Jennifer. It's been a complete honor and just so much fun chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you. Have an amazing day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, Bye. So if you guys like this podcast, please subscribe and leave an honest review. Your feedback means everything to me. Your reviews are what moves this podcast forward, and I always appreciate receiving them. If you want to get a hold of me directly, reach out to me on social media. My handles are in the show notes. And you can always subscribe to my weekly newsletters at jenniferGeorge.co so that we can stay connected. So until next time, thank you guys so much again for your ongoing support.